Hello and welcome to 1882, your Tottenham podcast. Here at 1882, we want to get you on as soon as possible so we can hear your opinions as well as you having to hear us because we know that we're not as smart as we like to think we are. My name's Ashley. Some of you might recognise me from Cock and Ball, but we're starting something very new. And I'm joined here today by my big brother, Chris. Say hello. Hi, guys. How are we doing? We're all good over here, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Feeling positive as always. Wonderful. Just to um, get to know you a bit, can you tell us who is your favourite Tottenham player that you've ever watched and why? My favourite ever Tottenham player live is very different to who I've watched on TV. But if we're going to go by who we've seen at the lane or the Tottenham Stadium, as it's called at the minute, um, it's hard. Um, but I would... It's a toss-up between Berbatov and... Oh, that, but let's go for Berbatov. Let's go for Berbatov. What sticks out about him? Just his first touch. The way that he, he lacked pace, but he could just glide players, get around players like they weren't even there. Yeah. The quality on the ball. Um, but if we're talking about... He's not a cult hero or anything like that, so... In terms of if you were to ask me my best favourite striker, it would be someone like Jermaine Defoe, yeah. who's obviously a cult legend. But in terms of the quality, he was he was special. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would if you asked me like ten years ago, maybe I would have gone with Ledley King, but that's because I was growing up. I was an aspiring centre back until I hit about five or six and realised that was never going to happen. So I don't know. You hear all the um, interviews with the former Tottenham players of like the Poch era and just the way they talk about Moussa Dembele. And it's similar to what you are saying about Berbatov, the way he just strode around the pitch. He made the game look so easy. Just how imagine how deadly he would have been if he scored a few goals. That would have shut a few people up as well, wouldn't it? But just that that grace and that, you know, that the making football look beautiful like it's supposed to, that's who I would have to go with. But let's just cut to the chase then. Obviously, we're in the middle of a transfer window. I say in the middle. It's been about two weeks. You wouldn't know it from Tottenham Twitter going absolutely nuts about <laughs> not signing anyone in a while. But let's go through our signings. Let's start with Perisic. So me and you, Chris, growing up, we've always been Inter fans, growing up in an Italian family. What do you make of the free signing of Perisic? No-brainer. I honestly believe it's one of the best signings in recent eras that we've been in. Um, recent transfer markets I think you get a player of Perisic's quality even if it's just for a year or two he instantly improves our team improves around us he fits the system the manager loves him he can play in multiple different roles and on a free um, his wage demands are not massive it just made total sense and mm. it's not something that anyone could ever tell me any different well, Arsenal fans are laughing about us being a time at home, but is that a worry for you? Because I remember we were we were texting during the Coppa Italia final, and he was he was the the game winner in extra time, and he was still probably the most energetic uh, player on the pitch in a game that included Barella, who is known for just running up the pitch. So, any concerns with you about his age? Not at all. Um, I'm not a stat guy, so I don't. Please, no one quote me on stats. Um, <laughs> But just going off, I've watched. I can't name you many, many matches he's missed because of injury last season. Um, 
most games he played at least a minimum of 60 to 80 minutes if not the full 90 he was one of Inzaghi's favourite players um, and like you say that game where the Inter-Juventus game that got really really tacky at one point end to end wasn't end it? to end um, and he's the one that took it by the scruff of the neck with all his energy with all his quality and he, he was he was causing absolute nightmares for Juventus and let's not forget he was going up against Quadrado who's probably another guy that we would have liked that right back quality Absolutely. right back so yeah you just can't take nothing away from Perisic and Arsenal fans Arsenal Twitter talk as much as you want um, by the way I do like Tierney I think he's a good player <laughs> but he's not on Perisic's level no. he's more injury prone than Perisic and he's younger and then you've got Nuno Tavares let's not go there <laughs> I think Perisic is an exciting sign in on its own for his own merits because he's such a phenomenal footballer he goes left foot right foot he will cross it he, he can score from just about any angle just ask English fans he knows where to find the goal <laughs> the thing I'm also excited about his signing though is the effect he might have on our other winbacks specifically Steve um, Ryan Sessegnon who after a struggle sort of getting into the team he's found his feet a bit and I think he's starting to understand what is required of him as a wingback which is probably uh, sort of where his strengths lie in the first place is that, what effects do you expect Perisic to have on Sessegnon? I think it all comes down to to the others players mentalities I don't think Perisic is there as an advisor or for players to learn off he is there to win us games mm. um, and at the end of the day that's what we want um, the here and now um, so if Sessegnon's got the right mentality he he should be the one that approaches Perisic and tries to learn and tries to watch him yeah. rather than Tottenham themselves saying please watch Perisic does Steven have that mentality? I reckon so um, I think he's a really humble young guy Yeah, um, we've seen the training montages of him yeah. on holiday so he's clearly putting in the work and, and you can tell the difference under Conte for, for someone like him to be favoured by Conte speaks volumes because Conte is one of their managers that within a week he'll know if he likes you or not and he'll just get rid yeah. uh, but I think yeah you, you're right there. I think he's he, he should be should be good for Sunyon yeah and with Perisic there's been a lot of talk we'll come on to what we need in the transfer market a bit later but there's been a lot of talk about our lack of creativity in midfield and I want to stress that in a Conte system you don't need a number 10 or a creative midfielder it's not necessary what? But what you get from Perisic is that creativity out on the left wing, like I was saying. 100%. he Defenders have absolutely no idea where he's going to take them. And he can easily take on one, two men and, and find a cross with either foot or a goal. So having that ability to um, to go either way, and that, that would really help us break down stubborn defences, which is probably something that we lacked most last year. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, secondly, we, we, we saw the arrival of Forster. I mean, he's just a backup to Lloris and he's homegrown, so there's no downsides to this at all, is there, Chris? No, I don't think there's any downsides. I think if Lloris does get injured, Forster is probably one of the best shot stoppers in the league. I'm not saying he's the best goalkeeper in the league, but as a shot stopper, he has always been very good. Mm. Um, and the whole process is it. We know Lloris has probably got another, another season or another two, uh, maybe not the highest level. Um, but it just gives us that time to really scout that position. Yeah. And in a position where you get Forster on a free, you get Lloris, who's still at the top, um, 
probably going to start let's not forget his age he's probably going to start going down um, but it's not going to be dramatic to our performances it gives us the funds to to go where we really need to strengthen mm. and then we'll review that in a year or two which listen if they went and signed Nick Pope for 40 million like Newcastle done would have been a great signing but it, 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 it does sort of make sense giving us a little bit more years to get the scouting right yeah. and get the right kind of people in well yeah and it's really really hard to get a top quality number two keeper in the modern game the goalkeeper is pretty much the only position that doesn't really change I say in the modern game throughout the whole of football history to be fair but to, to bring someone in who has been solid throughout his career sure there's been some dips in, in some games but you, you get that particularly when you're not playing um, sort of 90 minutes week in week out but let's not forget who our other backups have been over the years and Joe Hart and Gallini and clearly the um, the personality has gone in has been quite important in signing our, our backups because those two seem to be loved around the, the changing room and I'm sure Foster will bring in that same sort of vibe but but yeah he's uh, he's, he's absolute no-brainer just bring him in he'll 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 push Lloris because he's good enough to push him um, and he's he's homegrown and, and he's free so why not uh, finally well, I say finally, the next one we've brought in was a bit of a, um, it came out of nowhere really, in Eve Basuma. And we can't talk much, obviously, about the, the court case. Number one, because we're legally not allowed to. Number two, because we know fuck all about it, so it'd be yeah. stupid to. Um, I do want to stress, though, that we need to believe women. And if a woman's come forward and said that she has been sexually assaulted, our default position must be to believe her and to investigate and support, Okay. No assumptions there that Basuma is guilty in any way, shape or form. Just talking about, in, in general, what, what happens in these sort of situations. But let's get on to football, because that's what we know best. We're not lawyers or policemen or anything like that. So, Christian Basuma, fantastic player, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to break down Basuma too much in terms of what he's good at, what he's not good at, because we could be here all day, because a boy, he can become something very special. Already, he's very good. Um, but he could really come something else and what I want to stress as well is the fact that Levy's no mug right? Mm. he would have done his research um, and if there was something in the background that could have caused problems he wouldn't have done it simple as so that's my input on that bit but in terms of Basuma himself um, boy that, that guy he's probably different to Moussa Dembele but he's going to offer some very similar things in terms of how he's going to stir the up our midfield yeah. how he's going to offer us a power to drive to bringing the ball forward um, be even we've already got Benteker who's anti-press this guy is probably just as good if not better as being anti-press yeah. a proper press resistant um, he just offers so much and Tottenham fans let's please not treat Bentaker or Basuma like we've done with our previous midfielders if they do not score it does not make them bad let's remember Luka Modric oh if he needs to get a few more goals <laughs> Luka Modric has been a Ballon d'Or winner Champions League winner Moussa um, Dembele well, we spoke about Moussa Dembele well. we spoke about let's appreciate what they offer to the team um, go back to Cloud Makalelu who He's got a whole position named after him and how good he was. Lasana Diara, there's been so many that don't score but yeah. offer so much. So let's not do that to Basuma and even Bentica, but man, Basuma, he's 
he's he's gonna offer us so much yeah and i think a lot of uh, analyzing stats has become so entrenched in the modern football game and they are important to let us know sort of the general profile of a player and how they're performing and such but i think you also need to take into account the role they're being asked to play at that time so Basuma a lot of it a lot of people are saying about he hasn't got that many final th- uh, final third passes or, com- or or anything like that however for the bulk at Brighton he's been playing a, a, as a number six right so you wouldn't expect him to be making that many final third passes so he's, he's clearly got that that passing range in him and when he's been playing more in a double vi- uh, a double pivot as we expect him to be with either Hoybeer or Bensicurve, then I'd expect to see more of those um, sort of marauding runs forward taken on two free men, and even those those cutting passes. Um, but again, yeah, we we don't we don't play even number ten. So all he needs to do is beat beat his midfielder, get the ball to um, to the front three or to the wing backs, and and they will do the rest. His his position and his role in in that midfield is to win the ball, beat the press, find the find the attacking players who in a Conte system will be expect exactly where he expects them to be because it's drilled into them uh, day in, day out on the training ground. So his his physicality is just going to be so important to Tottenham. So, you know, we, the, the, the last thing you want to be in midfield is weak and we're certainly not going to be that. I think a second thing about his signing is perhaps the effect he'll have on our other midfielders. So we, we've seen Benson Kerr, like you say, being more press resistant. And whilst he's been quite important with us in, in ball recoveries, that's certainly not his strength. So do you reckon Basuma will allow Benzikor to show us what he's really like going forwards, Chris? Um, Benzikor going forward, he's... Having Basuma, he is going to be able to join the attack more. Um, but he's... Let's not pretend he's not going to be all of a sudden this goal scorer, this through ball technician. Um, although he has got through balls within him. Um I I honestly believe that they may go Bentaker as the one that holds more. Um, I think we'll probably see Basuma higher up, and the reason why I say that um, is because of Basuma's work rate. Bentaker mm. works extremely hard, but Basuma has got that more natural engine, um, so he would probably be the one that causes the higher line. Um, and I could see him; he's probably got a, a better finishing. So in and around the box, Basuma is probably better than Benteke. Um, but like you say, it's most likely going to be a double pivot. So you'll see Basuma on the left of, of the two and Benteke on the right. And they're just going to they're just gonna balance between the two of them. And pick that's, and choose which pick and goes choose through. Who goes. And that's, that's what you have. And that's why I like Conte's system is the fact that when we had Ericsson, amazing player, let's not get, let's not get it wrong, but... Let's also forget that everyone knew that we're going to have a number ten who was Ericsson, and everything would go through that number ten. Yeah, we were very. So alone. there was there was games where Ericsson was totally marked out of a game, and we had no ideas, and we were asking for the signings of like Ross Barkley to offer us <laughs> something different. Um, and now we've got something different, and now we want to go back to a number ten. It's the creativity comes from stretching the game out, comes from pulling defenders out of position. And then that opens up simple passing. It doesn't have to be nothing intricate. And that's what Conte wants. is high work rate, pull defenders out of position, get the ball out wide, and, and let's get the attacking going. Um, fast, direct football. Um, not counter-attacking, it's direct. 
attacking. Yeah. Not as in long ball. No. As in working the ball forward quickly, methodically. Straight through the lines. Exactly that. Exactly. They, I think they call it vertical football uh, on, on the continent. So, so yeah, he's he's going to be fantastic. And I suppose a lot of people could be so concerned about what that means for other midfielders, which is bonkers because you need two players for every position. And that's certainly something that Conte has always demanded in his teams. What do you see in the futures of Hoiberg and Skip? How how does Basuma's arrival affect theirs, if any? It's, I, don't, I think Basuma's going to be the main midfielder. Um, I think we go 2-0 up. Conte always asks his team to go extremely hard in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'll see, I think we'll see a lot of um, Hoiberg around the 60th minute, especially if we're up. Um, and Skip, listen, he absolutely loves Skip. Um, Skips have got a high, high ceiling, very good in a lot of aspects. Um, but for me, he's still not yet the finished article. Which you um, wouldn't expect him to be. No, what, I don't 21, expect 22? Him. No, of course not. I'm not so, I, I don't expect it for him. Um, but I think we've had so many centre midfielders that we've we've tried to push. We've tried to push Ryan Mason, Ben Taleb, oh, um, ben Taleb Tom yeah. Carroll. Uh, Jamie O'Hara you can go f- so far back and we pushing these young prospects John Bostock John Bostock <laughs> like there's so many like centre mids as, especially yeah. um, and I think having this competition is only going to make Skip better yeah. and you never know by that end of the season he has f- with Skip playing so well or pushing Conte so much we then might start seeing the three man midfield and the three five two, 5 and Listen, there's two games every week. We're going to have midweek games um, because of the World Cup. He's going to get his run. Yep. Um, I just think it's a perfect, absolute perfect match in terms of the midfield at the minute and the players around Skip for him to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of centre midfielders then, but moving into the outs, it looks like Harry Winks is going to be on his way out, Chris. Over the years, we've had many heated debates, <laughs> um, sort of screaming matches to be fair about Harry Winks and what he brings to Tottenham those days are long gone I think we've both come to the consensus that he's not yeah he's not quite good enough for Tottenham but I think he's lived all of our dreams hasn't he Chris yeah Um, listen at at times I questioned if he was a a premiership football player (laughs) or should I say Premier League a bit tongue in cheek though wasn't it yeah a bit tongue in cheek listen the boy can can do a job but Tottenham always wanted to be Champions League pushing for the league title that's where we was always aiming and we was never going to get there for Harry Winks um, unfortunately we're blinded by this one night in Madrid and yeah what a night it was though what that was a fantastic performance fantastic performance but listen Jack Wilshere had it in Barcelona and where is he now he's at TalkSport with no knees with no knees <laughs> like, let, let's let's get real we need to see a lot more consistent performances from these young players before mm. we start overhyping him. Um, but listen, I don't want to speak on him too much. I want to say thank you for for the the times that Winks has produced. Um, his work rate, his professionalism can never be questioned. Absolutely not. Um, so I don't want to sit here and slander him. I hope he goes on to have a very successful career. And he could do really well. I think he could do well at a Fulham where or Bournemouth or even not because they're, they're fighting for relegation but where he's the he can dictate the play Yeah. because he likes the ball at his feet and he tries to dictate the play um, but at the level we're at he's not capable so 
listen, if he goes to Everton, I think it could work really well there um, with the likes of Tom Davies, Andre Gomez. Um, I think he's a better level than them. Yeah. Um, but it won't be was their like on the ball player yeah, last year, so it can't so be worse than that. If you get the right players around Winks, it works. I yeah. think we got we got lucky that we had the likes of um, Dembele around him, the likes of Wanyama around him, even Eric Dyer, who who not bailed him out, but they made it easy for him by showing in the right spaces, the simple little passes. Yeah. And then when tum- times got tough under Nuno and Poch, he really started to get exposed. Um, but like like I said, I don't want to slander him. Thank you. Um, can't question his professionalism. And it's just time to move on, really. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with any of that, which is quite shocking considering the disagreements we've had in the past about him. But yeah, like I said, he's just lived all of our dreams and I can't hold that against him. He's He would work really well in a team that needs a midfield metronome to help them control the game. So yeah, you, you mentioned like a, a Fulham, a Bournemouth or, or an Everton where, uh, particularly Everton at the moment, where their midfield just looks like utter chaos, where they just can't keep the balls for sustained spells. I think if you give him 90 minutes... On a regular basis, I think he will begin to show us just that he's just you know a perfectly competent centre midfielder. Where if you if you surround him by quality players to do the hard parts in, in the in the second third or the final third rather, then he, he will show you his worth, and that's that is probably a mid-table Premier League team. Um, potentially following him out the door, and potentially also to Everton, is Luca, Lucas Mora, who a lot of people have been questioning whether he's a legend. I think I'll put him into cult hero status because of Amsterdam. What is your take on Lucas Moura's time with us and his potential departure? Another very good servant. Um, he was coys through and through and he still is. Coys, 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 coys. I think he doesn't even want to leave. No. Um, I think he wanted Tottenham to be his last team before he goes back home to Brazil um, and sees out his playing days. Um, but he came into our team in a very difficult situation. Um, we were in the terms of we just started playing really well under Poch um, obviously we got quite lucky in terms of we got lucky and unlucky that we lost the league to Leicester uh, but we were lucky that teams like Man City fell off um, and the pressure that must have come on from him from being a signing from uh, Paris Saint-Germain yeah. um, was always sitting there but he has provided some very, very good performances and not just in Amsterdam. The only problem with Lucas is he just tries that one dribble. Or oh, he drives me nuts. One too many. He does. He beats the first man perfectly and then he'll have to go for the second and that's when he loses it. So it's, it's the consistency... Um, yeah, he's like that kid on the playground who thinks he's better than everyone, so just doesn't pass the ball, just keeps running. Yeah. Uh, which probably worked for him until he got to the top level. <laughs> he's no longer the best player on the pitch and he's going to get tackled. But he has given us so many moments. And Amsterdam, for me, remains probably my favourite ever Tottenham moment. And I, I mean, I remember us winning the, uh, Car- the Carling Cup as it was then called. But let's be honest, that realistically yeah. doesn't mean shit. Um, so... What what a, what a moment and thank you forever 
those, those pictures of him sort of jumping in the celebration with everyone around him is something that I will well, keep with me and I'll probably get it printed and put on my wall it's just a phenomenal moment but I think the time is right for him to move on we've got Conte in we've got a new project that we need to be stepping up to that that next level when sort of sentimentality doesn't come into it I anymore I think the opposite to that would be though that he has still got something to offer and it's something different to chaos. to what utter chaos yeah it's <laughs> chaos it's not the same as Kulazewski it's not the same as some of these other players we're linked with um, and we'll get into that but if Lucas stays, it's not going to be the end of the world. If you, like like Bergwijn did at Leicester, just come on in the 70th minute when we need you and come and absolutely create chaos, yeah. it could work very well. And he, score, he scores, I know he attempts it more than he scores, but he does score from outside the box. And that's something that we have really struggled His with. His goal against Norwich this past season should have been goal of the season. It was That was phenomenal. Great finish. But um, I think if he does move on, it's not the bad decision no. as long as we get someone in. Yeah. Um, and when I mean someone, it has to be someone else. So we've been linked with one player, um, but for me, that's the cover Bergwijn. Um, if we yeah. lose Lucas as well, there has to be another one. Um, Is there anything you want to say on Bergwijn as well while he's while we're at it? I, I think he's been underused. Yeah. Um, I think he's been mistreated at the club, and when I mean mistreated, I don't think they've done him bad. Um, I just think he's been unlucky in the terms that. He can't play as a, a number nine, as the last man where he plays in Holland, yeah. because Kane's too good. Um, he can't play on the left because Son was was deemed un, undroppable, undroppable, even during his purple patches. Um, but when he did come on, or when he did start, I think he had really good awareness. Um, he dragged defenders out of position. Um, I think the only time he struggled a bit was under Mourinho where he was more of a defensive winger, which doesn't suit him. But Bergwijn is is a product of Holland where they still play with almost like a false number nine, but they probably play someone like Weghorst um, or like Huntelaar, them kind of players who were big, strong centre forwards. And then, although they were classified as wingers, yeah. they were more inside forwards slash last man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you see them quite a lot where they'll play Memphis, who plays down the middle. But actually, as the game plays out, Memphis is dropping deeper, and Bergwijn, instead of being in the wing, is dragging that last defender out of position. Um, so if we used him more central, he we might have done a good job. And I am sad to see him go, but. Yeah, it's World Cup season. Um, he he's clearly not unhappy. We don't want another Ericsson situation at the club, um, so it is right to move on. But he has been underused and mistreated in in certain circumstances. Yeah, I mean he's a victim of the situation where we we try to play a second string team, particularly under Nuno, um, and that the rest of the players in that second string team weren't good enough. And it's hard for you to be a good player. Um, in a team that isn't isn't good enough either, I, I think he's going to go away. He's going to have a fantastic career. It's clearly not for him at Tottenham, and that's fine. It happens. Not every transfer is going to is going to work out. We're probably going to make the vast majority, if not all, of our money back in his in his move to AX. And it's just it, to me, it's just the best thing for everything. But like you said, uh, for everyone, sorry. But like you said, we need to as well as bringing in another forward to to cover uh, cover Kane. We're going to need to bring in someone to replace Bergvine uh, as well. So 
I think that'll be it for the parches. Nobody needs to talk about Ndombele or Chelsea anymore. We've done that to death, or everyone's done that to death. Just get them out. Get, yeah, it's time for them to, to move on. So we'll go on to what we need moving forward. The obvious big uh, big position that we're, we're apparently looking to spend a lot of money on is left centre-back. Uh, unfortunately, the Bastoni thing looks like a non-starter. I wouldn't completely rule it out, because... You know, players are never going to say I want to leave unless they're absolutely miserable at a club, and he's he's not going to sever ties at the club he grew up loving and where the fans still love him, and he's still going to be a guaranteed starter. Um, but it's it's unlikely at this point. The other one we've been linked with, uh, particularly in the last couple of days, is Varadol. Um, Christian, do you, what do you want to see in terms of a profile in a left centre back, and have you been able to identify anyone you'd like to fill that position? Yeah, so left centre back. Um... We need someone who is good defensively, um, first and foremost. However, we need someone that can cause overloads, that can potentially cut on the on on the left uh, inside Perisic because we know like Perisic will cut in. Yeah. Um, to use that right foot, someone that can cause the overload on the outside, or even cause the overload on the inside. Perisic has got it where he can just just sneak the ball into the box yeah. just inside um, the and they can join in on the overlap um, so if someone that can apply pressure on the back lines calls the overload on the left um, and what I want to say is it's not about someone that can pass it's not about passing it's about can they bring the ball forward can they find Basuma? Can they find Perisic? And as long as the spacing's right and the footballing IQ's there, it's a simple pass. Yeah. And that's why... No one's me, expecting a left foot down no, the right No, you're not looking for that. We're looking for like a Jan Vertonghen where in his peak days, you watch Jan Vertonghen in the Champions League at home versus Borussia Dortmund. He played that... Well, he was left wing back then. He was then, left wing back. Those but sort of runs. There's those sort of runs he played perfectly because as he worked, he was playing left wing back, but a lot of his runs were on the inside yeah, yeah. of the 18 yard box. Um, and for me, there's 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 quite a few players out there. Um, but for me, just because of the profile I've described, I really don't want Pau Torres. No, me neither. He'd get bullied in the Premier League. You can see his heading stats, and they've whilst they've slightly improved after, over the last few years. He's just not physically um, physically present enough, I guess. And the reason we want to upgrade on Davies is probably because of that. Because Davies has shown his ability to under and overlap. Obviously coming in as uh, after training as a left-back for, for most of his career. So th- those are his areas of strength that, that we want. But he's just not the, the solid def- aerial dominant defender that we've been missing. And I think we've seen that with our, our struggles from set-pieces. So, yeah, Pal Torres is, is certainly not the one. Is there anyone else, Chris? Yeah, there's a few. So, obviously, we talked about Garvadal. Um, Bastoni is a, a perfect profile, but we, we've we spoke about that enough. Um, I would really like to see Indica. Yeah. Um, I think he's an absolutely powerhouse. Um, we've seen him play against Premier League opposition, against someone like um, Bowen, who I rate highly. And he caused him absolute problems. Um, he's very good going forward, just as much as going backwards. And his passing stats are not the same as Paul Torres at all. But that's not what we need. No. And the way he can drive into that box and even dribble with a ball is brilliant. 
Um, so for me, if we can't get Guardiola, I'd definitely go for Indica. Um, he is the cheaper option. Um, Guardiola is probably a very similar player in terms of power, um, but in terms of the difference is Guardiola is more of a passer rather than a powerhouse dribbler, um, even though they both can do it. Um, in terms of other left centre-backs, there is a few out there. You do have to look. Um, I think we've missed out on a couple. Um, there's one that would probably be expensive, and I don't know if we can get him, is uh, Hincape from Leverkusen. Mm. Um, he, he looks like a very good prospect who's also very young as well. Um, but for me, if it's not Bastoni, it has to be either Guavadol or Indica. They're all the two that I think will make a statement in our, in, in our team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the next obvious position that we need is a forward that can rotate in with Kane. Um, there's a lot of talk about us also wanting that sort of player that can rotate in for Son in either position to, to, um, to, know, to, to cover those two because it's hard, hard to get a striker, an out-and-out striker to cover, you, to cover Kane when they're not going to play that much. Uh, a strike of any sort of decent standard anyway. Um, the big one we've been... I say the big one. The big links have been with Richarlison. I, I'm all for it. I think he ticks a lot of boxes. A lot of people are talking about, uh, you know, how they've been underwhelmed by his performances. He got double-digit goals in one of the worst Everton teams we've ever seen. They had absolutely no creativity behind him. And he got 10 goals. That is... To me, that is impressive. I think if he comes to Tottenham... With the automations we've got and making those runs into into the box that he does, not to undermine his physical presence as well. He's a nightmare for defenders physically, uh, as well. And he wins quite a few headers. Does he tick the box for you, Chris? He ticks the boxes um, in terms of the kind of profile. Am I hundred percent certain on Richarlison? No, I'm not. Um, I'm just not too sure on if he's happy to play second fiddle um, is he happy to be a rotational player he seems to be I wouldn't want to say the word cocky but he's very confident nothing wrong with that um, there's nothing wrong with that but he's very vocal as well mm. um, about it also he's quite rash he gets he he he, 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 he does get involved in the dog fights and we like that like we see with Romero um, however I don't know, there's just sometimes where he seems a bit rash in some challenges, um, gets a bit too excited. But in terms of a profile, it's it's right. Um, if, yeah. he, if he can show his professionalism, if Conte is happy with him, then who am I to say no? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the important thing, is that Conte, if there's any problems with his sort of... Um, his, his, his game or his personality or his professionalism, Conte will quickly snap that out of him. Conte will not take any shit. Um, and they would not sign him if the base player isn't there and sort of that that that, that per, I think personality is important it's big and he needs to be able to show that he's adaptable and he would be able to come into the Tottenham team the important thing with him is he's what still 25 and I know we're talking about would he play second fiddle I think he'll get plenty of games over the next two years but realistically uh, as, as scary as it is to say out loud we've probably got Son at peak for two years so is it a good idea to bring someone like Richarlison in now, which is something that we've seen Liverpool do over the, over the years and City and even Leicester to some extent, bringing players um, to work under or, or with or rotate with sort of those guaranteed first teamers to help them settle in and then they can make that step up when they're ready? 
Yeah, no, I, I, in terms of getting a player in, we definitely need to cover that position um, because Son playing every game, like you say, it's only going to be two years. Yeah. If we can rotate him, you'd probably get three, four years out of him. Um, maybe not at the top, but he will then become the rotational player. Um, and with what you're saying is right. But like I said, I don't know if Richarlison's got too much of an ego to do that. If he does, hands up to him. He's. I, I always hope players prove me wrong. I don't want to be right. Um, but listen, like I say, if I was a manager, I, I'd take him. But I'd, I'd have question marks. Conte clearly doesn't. Um, so let's let, let's go for it. And in terms of his quality, he's there's a reason why he's gone f- for what was it the first season he signed after Watford for Everton for fifty million. Mm. It was only one year at Watford. Um, there's reason why teams are interested. There's reasons why he's got certain price tags. Um, and he is that hybrid that can play along the three so he does offer us a lot for me it's just he needs to show something else something different um, to his game um, but I'd, I'd be happy with that side yeah overall. yeah, and I think Conte can help him bring out that other that other side that you want to see I mean the other link was with Jesus who Arsenal are absolutely fucking delighted about signing even though he's been second fiddle to no one going to win the and, league exactly and he's never scored more than 14 goals in a season I mean he, I think he went something like 15 games last season without scoring a goal in that Man City team like I think I would score a goal within 15 <laughs> games in that Man City team they're like the creativity is just mental very similar record to Richarlison yeah. in a much better team exactly I spoke about Richarlison not having any creativity the same cannot be said about Jesus he's just clearly not that good and let's be honest uh, even Brazil play Richarlison more than they play Jesus in that nine so yeah. there's something in it uh, anyway the other one is if you brought in Richarlison probably need another forward would you bring in uh, maybe another right winger or would you just go with an out and out number nine do you reckon that's just going to diminish uh, Richarlison's chances and therefore... No, I think him? if we bring Richarlison in, um, we then have to bring in a specialised wide forward or inside forward. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, had we not got Richarlison and got someone like Rafinha, for example, who is a specialist uh, wide forward, then I would have asked for a number nine. Mm-hmm. But with Richarlison, I don't think you can do that. Um, so if we bring Richarlison in, I would be looking at Honestly, there's players that I would absolutely go for and I'd probably get stick for it. Uh, but I, I really like the look of of, of Bowen um, at West Ham. Yeah, I, really, I really like Harvey Barnes as well. I think he's a massive winger. Um, you could even go further down and if you wanted a rotational player... Why McNeil can offer something you could probably convert him to a decent left wing back long term as you, well. You could you can do something with Dwight McNeil. He's yeah. he's not the fine finish article. Homegrown as well. And we need homegrown. We, we need, need to remember that. that. There's no point linking us to mm. to Neymar and everyone else. We need realistic. They have to be homegrown. Um, so yeah, I, I think Harvey Barnes would be a really good one. Yeah, for me, that's a dream. That's an absolute dream. Um, the other position that we're still waiting to fill, although we still technically do, do have two players in that position, is right wing back. I haven't seen anything from Spence beyond smashing Woolwich and making him look fucking awful. Um, to me, that's enough. Let's let's get him in, right? All you need to do is smash Woolwich. 
And he smashed United. And he smashed United as well. And I think I remember seeing him actually play for Middlesbrough a few years ago in the in the cup, and he caused, caused us a few problems. Don't quote me on that. I might be making that shit up. I, I'm known to do so. But there's something in the back of my mind that's saying so. Um, shades of Carl Walker for you here, Chris? No, he's not Carl Walker. Carl Walker is a lot more more powerful in terms of body strength. Um, Spence is very quick, but Walker is like a hundred meter sprinter. Yeah, I think that I meant I think I meant more in signing a right a young right yeah, back. Yeah, so in terms of in what he can offer from the championship, yeah, um, I think Spence is is good. Um, I think what highlights to me about Conte and and Paratici is that if they're willing to sign a young, not ready-made star, they must have a lot of confidence confidence in Doherty. Yeah, I think he really likes Doherty. Um, but yeah, no. Listen, if we bring Spence in, I don't. I wouldn't be overwhelmed. I wouldn't be saying we're winning the league, um, which we are but, anyway. Which we. <laughs> um, but he, if he. If he carries on in the trajectory that he's on at the minute, yeah. he could be a very good player. Um, and he will offer us a lot more speed. He's very good in the 1v1 situation. Yeah. The only thing I'd be looking more for him is his end finishing product. And that's with crossing, not just scoring goals. Because yeah, we know we've scored him, so we scored some. Um, I just don't want to be going back to Aaron Lennon as much as I think he was a great player. Um, I believe the days are gone of um, wide people where they just get to the byline and cut it back um, we need to see actually quality into the ball and when you've got Perisic now going to be lurking on that back post where he'll always be he needs to find the man whether it's Kane whether it's somewhere it's Perisic he needs to hit the man yeah. um, so that's what I'll be looking for Spence yeah rough diamond that still needs a bit of shining and if anyone can do it with a, a pacey tricky right ring back then it's Conte so I think that's sort of all the positions that we're expecting to be covered in addition to the signings we've already made. Any bonus signings for you, Chris? I've already mentioned there's been a lot of chit-chat on amongst Tottenham fans about the need for a number 10, uh, which doesn't fly with me because Conte's our manager, so it just it's just not necessary. Anyone for you or any position for you that you'd also like to see strengthened? I think we need to look at uh, the CCB, the centre-back. Yeah. The centre-centre-back. Dyer's done a great job, but... Listen, he's always had injury problems. Um, he is he's not always going to be at, at his 100% greatest. And that's that's understandable because of the injuries he's had in the past because of his age. Um, he's been moved about lots of positions. So he's probably never had the chance in his career to solidify a spot. Mm. Um, but I think we need someone to push Dyer. Um, I would love to see Bremer. Um, I think he, that guy is so strong. Yeah, he does not miss his tackle percentage must be out of the roof. Not that I know, um, but I have not seen him miss anything. I think centre centre back I'd like to see before another midfielder. Although I would like another midfielder, um, and we saw some links today about Chalonoglu, whether they're not for any, me, not for not me, any Jeff. good, um, but that kind of player that can play in the three rather than the ten alone yeah. um, is a good good profile but for me I think we get we build from the back I think we've got enough going forward um, if we make the signings we're expecting um, so build from the back get really solid at the back and forwards win your games defenders win your titles 
Um, every team that I've seen win titles have had amazing defenders. Mm. Let's not forget the days of Rio and Vidic, John Terry and Ricardo Cavallio, um, even Liverpool with Van Dijk, um, City of always, with Diaz, Laporte. Um, I think if we can get a really get really comfortable centre back, yeah. it will make Romero's job easier, and we'll see a better Romero. Believe it or not, <laughs> um, we'll be able to have someone like Kendika flying off the other side. You'd be able to see Basuma and Bentacur being higher up in the game, being a, playing the higher press instead of sitting so deep, because that centre back will offer you so much confidence yeah. that it will allow everyone to be a little bit more natural. Yeah, again, yeah, that's probably the position that after those those other positions we mentioned does need to be strengthened. I'm not sure Dyer's got a strong enough uh, competition there. I, I just lots to talk about Roden. I just don't think he's that good, I'm afraid. I think he's a perfectly serviceable Premier League centre-back. He's not good enough to challenge for uh, in, in the top four for that central centre-back position or either side of that, uh, for that matter. Um, so I think it's just a case of we we get another four, another striker and then replace the other players that are going out or and a right wing back and replace the players that are going out. So Richarlison and then someone to replace um, Lucas Moura, and I think that we're probably pretty much set. Anything you want to add on the end of that? You want to say to the lovely boys and girls? Um, no, just like we mentioned in the intro, guys. Um, this podcast is not about me, me and Ash speaking our minds. Um, we want to try and speak what all Tottenham fans are thinking so we if you want to be part of the podcast even if it's for just a quick five minute chat mm -hmm. please give us a message if you've got even if you just want to leave an idea or tell us something that you want to hear so if you're a vivid uh, podcast listener there might be something that's missing out there that you want us to try and incorporate and we're more than happy for that guys we want to build this podcast around you rather than us um, we, we have started messaging people to get some some guests on um, we're going to have some important conversations um, like we mentioned about women and women in football um, and also other kinds of that but most of it is going to be around the fans and your opinions guys so yeah. please please get involved leave us ideas leave us feedback um, and we want to build this podcast around you yeah, if you think we're wrong, tell us, challenge us. Let's see how it goes. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll be with you maybe next week. Who knows when? I'm going to be away for a while, so it's not going to be me after the first game of the season. But we'll try and get someone to join Christian. If you want, uh, if you want to leave us a message, as, as Christian said, please do contact us on Twitter. Uh, leave us a comment, direct message us, let us know. Have a good day. Bye. Bye, guys.